Welcome to The Sacred Life. I'm Shan Vanderleek, and today I'm speaking with quantum educator Chloe Anderson about the potent energies swirling around right now and how we can work with them while uncovering limiting beliefs and moving toward whole health. Chloe is a bright light on the planet. I'm so grateful to have met her. Healing, returning one and all to whole health is a part of her soul's divine purpose. She's here to aid mankind with a profound shift in consciousness, leading others to their own calling, to realize their soul-centered joy. This goddess shines. Welcome to The Sacred Life, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I'd like to start our conversation today about the potent energies swirling around right now, and then perhaps you can lead us into a little bit of information around how you can serve people doing inner work with these energies, and then we'll just bump right along to the other areas that that I'd like to touch on today, if that sounds good with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yeah, I agree with you with potent energies right now. I think they're palpable for many of us. And today, the day that we're recording this happens to be a full moon, a super full moon, a strawberry moon is what it's referred to as. And tropical astrology, uh, it's in the sign of Sagittarius. And in true sidereal astrology, which is uh, the lens that I look through, which is based on astronomy and constellational positioning, uh, if we were to look at the moon uh, in its position in the sky, it would show that it's in the sign of a fuchsia. And a fuchsia is uh, got a lot of lore behind it. It's considered the 13th sign of the zodiac or the ether or the ethereal, the fifth element of the chart, which is really source energy, if you will. And uh, what that's illuminating for us uh, as a whole that we're feeling is this transformational energy. And unlike Scorpio, the sign that's really about the death and rebirth process a fuchsia is really about taking anything that's been poisonous or toxic or harmful to us or our wounds, if you will, and alchemizing that into a medicine. And so this full moon, this uh, beautiful segue, this highest illumination in the sky is bringing to light the things that we've had in our shadow aspects of our psyches, things that have been stored in our bodies, things that have been wearing on our spirit. And so we have an opportunity with this energy uh, for personal empowerment to find forgiveness for ourselves and for others and even compassion. So it is a, a wonderful healing energy overall. Yes, please. More of that, please. <laughs> <laughs> sidereal astrology is something i know very very little about you kindly pulled my chart for me and i i started to play with it and dig in a little bit more tell me how you work with people with sidereal astrology and just a, a short snippet of why it's different than tropical or vedic Sure. So, so true sidereal astrology is based on the actual dimensions and sizes of the constellations in the sky. And Western tropical astrology that's mainstream is fixed on an even 30 degrees of each zodiac sign. So they're taking the wheel and cutting it into 12 even slices. But with that said, it doesn't factor in that Virgo represents uh, 44 degrees in the sky and Scorpio representing seven as an example. So also with true sidereal being reflective to the natural world, uh, tropical astrology is based on seasons, based on the vernal equinox of Aries being in zero degrees coming, uh, you know, in the beginning of April, March. 
And because of precession, which was not known at the time of Tropical's creation through Ptolemy, one of the great uh, Stoic thinkers of the time, the wobble that the Earth makes because of the magnetism pull between the sun and the moon and other large planets wasn't factored in, which means that the sun moves back one degree every 72 years. So 2,200 years later, after the Hellenistic time when astrology was created, we're 24 degrees off from that Aries being in zero degrees in the equinox at the spring. So that means it's in Pisces. So what that looks like to simplify this is if Western astrology, tropical astrology told you that your sun sign was a Leo, which was mine as an example, as a reference here. And we looked at the constellations at the time of my birth. It was actually in the sign of cancer. So because it's uh, scientifically correct with astronomy and because it resonates uh, for me as more accurate and truthful, that is why I use this form of astrology after having many years and lots of studies in, in tropical, it resonated as well. But I found for me that that was more of a depiction of my ego of who I thought I was, who the world wanted me to be. And when I discovered true sidereal astrology, it found me really. I found that it was more accurate of my soul blueprint of who source energy is guiding me to be. And it and resonated with my spirit and found so much more uh, wholeness and understanding in my identity and leading into how do I use this to serve others. Uh, sidereal astrology gives us a snap a blueprint of the sky at the time of our birth. And I found that through all storytelling and lore that we've found throughout time and history, it helps us to get to better know ourselves. And that's really what astrology is for. is isn't meant to predict what's coming or to reflect on what's past, but it's really a, a snapshot, a lens for us to greater understand our psyches, to understand our hero's journey and how to alchemize those things that we've been through that may come up like limiting beliefs or traumas or wounds and turn them into gold where we can be of service to ourselves, to humanity and bring out what's best for all. Hmm. I love that so much. I always learn so much from you. You can tell listening in, uh, that Chloe has a very big brain to go along with her big, beautiful heart. She is brilliant. And I'm grateful that you're teaching us this because I know many are not aware of sidereal astrology and it's fascinating. Oh, it's enthralling for me. Um, yeah. Are you okay if I share a moment a little bit more about uh, Fuchsius? I just feel called to point out some things that I feel like will be resonant for the collective at this time. Sure. Noticing the difference between the Sagittarian energy that the collective is is uh, recognizing, but that's really um, a post-transformational energy. And Afucius is kind of the, the wormhole, if you will, to transformation. And so a few things to note is that in addition with Afucius um, being that fifth element of the chart as spirit, um, it's also really that divine feminine energy so that's missing and that we see in the collective society right now and that we're noticing that there's this empowerment that's happening behind the scenes where the, the right side of the brain, the divine feminine within everyone, our feeling faculties, our creativity, our ability to intuit and connect with others is really rising to the forefront and that's what we're seeing as a whole. In addition to that, I see this as kind of like that missing component of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost, that Holy Ghost being the divine feminine, being this missing 13th zodiac that's visible in our sky that we can see right in between the constellation of Sagittarius. 
and Scorpio, but was omitted for for unknown reasons, but really I think for math and simplification in the process. And it's reflective of the 13 lunar cycles in a year, but we have only 12 through the Gregorian calendar. Jesus had 12 apostles and there's 13 chakras in total. And, and even going for theology and biblical stuff here, you know, the dragons mentioned 13 times in the book of Revelation. And in chapter 13, the beast comes out of the sea, which is, which is, Essentially, with Fuchsius is considered the serpent bearer, uh, bringing this gift of emotionality through healing and transformation. And uh, the sign itself of 666 really represents uh, what's wrapped up inside of you like a serpent, what needs healing, what family patterns, what belief systems, what thought processes. And even the 13th card in the Tarot deck is the death card, which is represented uh, by that Fuchsius energy. So this overall is a time for palpable transformation for us all aligning with our divine feminine aligning with the qualities that make us feelers and compassionate and understanding of others and that's so what's needed in this world today so i'm grateful to speak on this and to show others uh through this process and and bring this information to the forefront so those that feel like they wish to connect or want to connect or greater understand what's coming up for them they might be able to map this to their own feelings and femininity within. Yes, more of that as well. <laughs> more of that, please. And you can visit quantumchloe.com to get more information about Chloe's offerings. She has many offerings. And some of what I wanted to talk today, a little bit more about your soul's purpose and helping humanity and all that you touch take their first step into whole health. One of my first uh, experiences with you, you were doing a Facebook Live, and I was one of the people that asked for a reading, and one of and you chose me and and did this gorgeous reading. And one of the things that you brought forward that would help me to have more vibrant whole health was to be mindful of uh, my nutrition and to perhaps be more plant based, etc. And in the year and a half since, I took that to heart. It really resonated with me. It's changed everything. Just being more mindful of that and giving my body more of what she needs versus what my mouth wants to eat. <laughs> and how that's helped me feel lighter. Uh, physically uh, has also contributed to being lighter. and contributed to my whole health. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that with me, Shan. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. That is something I do uh, because I feel called to share this gift that I have of channeling and connecting with source and asking for what's optimal for one and all to flow through. And so Facebook lives, Instagram lives, those kinds of ways of showing up have been uh, on the forefront for me. And what I like to do is channel a message for the collective in regards to what's optimal for all that are listening, if that's appropriate at this time. Yes, please. I immediately have a, a visualization of knowing that our collective North Node is in Aries. And uh, that's representative of very much of what you were speaking of. So I think it's a, a synchronicity, Sham, um, because Aries rules the first house, which is our body, which is our identity and sense of the way that we show up in the world. Uh, the way that people see us, or even the mask that we wear. And so what I'm feeling called now 
to share is, is that there's this undercurrent of anywhere where there's been oppression or rage or anger or, or even misunderstandings, lack of communication or clarity that is coming up uh, from within our bodies. And this has to do with early caregivers, whether those was mother, father, grandparents, or, or babysitter, whoever this was, this feels like patterns we absorbed um, from the collective environment we were in as children are being released and it's pre-verbal. So it's not things that we can map to a memory. It's things that we're holding on into our bodies physiologically based on those experiences. And what we can do is we can ask to release what's ready to be released, to see what needs to be seen, feel what needs to be felt and understand what needs to be understood and recognize where we've perpetuated those patterns as well, not recognizing the cues of those that we've caretaked, whether they be our animals or our children or even friends when we haven't fully responded because of the lack of presence. And what I'm hearing is the collective, we're being guided to be fully present with what our soul is calling us to do, with what our feeling state in our body is guiding us to do, and it may be in contradiction to what the mind or the psyche is guiding us to do. So as a, as a summary, this feels like we're moving into a period of congruency where our mind and our body and our soul aligns. And the best way to do that at this time for the collective is to go back and look at any relationships we've had with caregivers, those that have masculine energy or those dominant traits where maybe some things were unsaid, unspoken, or unrecognized or not responded to. And, and having compassion and forgiveness for them, seeing where they've done that in their own lives and when they've received that as well, and where we've done that to others. The perpetuation is what we're being called to review and to, and to release, to recognize our role in our healing process and in that of others, bringing unity and oneness into this transformation, this inner alchemy of our bodies and its memory. And we can do this through somatic healing, through stretching, various types of exercises that put us in slightly uncomfortable positions like the trauma um, exercise release therapy where we essentially put our feet together and have our legs open like a butterfly and just slightly hold our knees up and that activates uh, the, the quad muscle of our thigh where we hold the majority of our trauma in the body and we can release that just like an animal would after something scary that happens. They shake, they tremor naturally and then they go on as if nothing had happened because they release that muscle memory. They release that experience on a cellular level and humans have been conditioned uh, to store it for later. Um, and so this is a one of the tools I'm hearing to share is look into somatic healing, look into the physiological release that supports the psychological work that I'm sure that all your listeners are doing, but also supporting the body at this time is what I'm hearing. And that is one of the best ways to do that. In addition to breath work and holding the breath and breathing in and then exhaling for a longer period of time will also somatically help release what's coming up and to bring it to the forefront. And I would think also that that's going to help us rebalance our nervous system after so much in these last couple of years of that fight or flight, the stress that came with the pandemic and, and, and so much through my work here at This Sacred Life and at Anxiety Slayer, we're getting so much feedback about, oh my goodness, how can I release this? How can I reset my nervous system? I love that you said that, Shan. I do have a vision that came to mind, and it's a technique I use that I absolutely adore. And it's based on 
polyvagal theory. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, it's it's really about the aspect of our brain and our, our vagal nerve connection to our nervous system and how the mind, body, and soul are integrated. And so my favorite exercise to reset my nervous system after an experience, or let's say a trigger, right? Maybe you have an occurrence with someone and it brings up emotion that's unprocessed for you. And you might notice you're going into a coping mechanism or a pattern from the past to deal with that. That may be drinking, smoking, nervous tick, tapping your fingers, what have you. I find that this exercise brings me back into the state of present and and being in the moment. And it's really simple. You're going to take your pinky and you're just going to put in the first tip, that's for the first line on your finger, just half of that. You're going to place in your inner ear right at the base of the entrance and you're going to rock it back and forth, both fingers, both sides of your ear. And you're going to do this for about 30 seconds, creating a, a crescent moon circle. And that pressure on the inner ear actually activates the rest and digest function of the vagal nerve. So if you were in fight or flight, uh, it transitions you from that. And then after you complete that 30 seconds, you can also pull gently on the bottom of the ear, uh, the edge of the ear, the cartilage, all the way down to the soft tissue. And you're activating the Chinese meridian points there that release oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine and that help you calm the psychological state that you're in. And then it also is in a meridian point that helps you balance your energy and create a homeostasis, putting you back in your natural optimum state of being. So anytime I feel activated, I do these steps with the compilation of breath work, breathing in the nose for four seconds, holding my breath for four seconds, slowly exhaling for four seconds, and then remaining uh, empty without breathing for four seconds. That process is called squared breathing. I blend that with this ear technique and I find myself right back into a state of Zen prior to the occurrence. I wanted to do that along with you as you were talking about it and then realized I would have to pull out my headphones and do all kinds of silliness. So <laughs> I'm going to do it when, when we're done today and and uh, and keep that in mind. I have long used the long exhale and have done work with my ears before as well, but not this internal rocking that you're talking about. It sounds like that's going to be really, really supportive. So soothing for me. Yes. It's wonderful for me. And I just, I found it's a nurturing thing we can do for ourselves that reminds us of being held by a loved one and being tended on, on a psychological and physiological level, but it also really does stimulate those qualities within the body. So healing is possible and we're able to transcend even states of consciousness, moving from that more primal way of being of in response, right? Of a threat into a place of I'm safe. And I think of it like the birds chirping because when we hear birds chirping, we know we're safe on a, on a psychological level. It goes back uh, to science and um, it just relates to me. It makes me feel like um, we're in that place where we can receive information instead of moving towards an outcome. And speaking of receiving information, you seem to just open the channel so effortlessly and receive so much beauty comes. It just comes through and it's almost like, it's just like a snap of a finger. I just find that to be fascinating and wonder is, is there a preparation that, that you do for that? Or is it because you, you're in that space all the time that you just, you can just 
go there after so much practice and connection? Well, I do definitely think that's uh, an aspect of it and it's truth, but uh, to lead into it, I've been practicing the understanding of quantum consciousness for I'd say about at least five years now. Mm. And I've learned through the healing modality that I teach, that I share, that I operate from, um, that in order to be truly tapped into the optimal function, our, our, our source, what's best for us, what was intended for us, we have to be able to use the full faculty of our consciousness. And that means integrating and having a bridge between the left and the right hemisphere of the brain. So that applies logic and discernment and reasoning also with the empathy, compassion, and the ability to empathize and imagine. And so those things in components, learning how to work together, almost like mom, dad, getting along in your reality, right? Um, is how the brain works. And when we're able to align our subconscious mind with our unconscious mind, with our conscious mind, we create a holy trinity within ourselves. And that is the space that I have learned and practiced to be my default set point. And I do that through a, a, a few things. And one first being a prayer I say every single day. I say it upon my waking. It's something, it's a technology was biblically recorded. Um, it's the Lord's Prayer. I have a direct translated version on my website where I get into this and explain the quantum code or programming. It inscribes our consciousness when we use our free will to speak it and to cloak us within it. And to summarize that meaning, it's really nothing and no one comes unto me except through God or source or unified field or you know, insert your higher power there. But what that means is whatever I ask for, like I did at the beginning of our uh, conversation today, was that whatever comes through me be the highest and best good for me and for everyone else. And that's what that prayer technology really does is gives you the awareness of what that means, that we're serving ourselves and others. And a lot of popular culture expects us to be of service to others with the exclusion of ourselves or to be sacrificial. And what's really bringing in wholeness and the ability to connect to the divine in a healing way for myself and others is the inclusion factor, that oneness, that unity. And that prayer goes in compilation with the modality I mentioned. I call it the quantum yes, but really it's, it's a letter writing process that helps one resolve uh, anything that is in the consciousness that's causing pain or patterns to show up or experiences in the reality that are perpetual um, and limiting it includes limiting beliefs because i call beliefs belief fees because they cost you something <laughs> <laughs> i love that right, right. As, as well as what the wounds are there for and so they actually are the process of of something we experience as lead but we have the ability as alchemists to turn that into gold and so i use the process psychologically founded pioneering mainstream and science um, as well as spiritual texts and bodies of knowledge kind of all and put into one to help people understand how we interface and create our reality. And when we really understand that, literally embody that, then we have full access to source and for things to show up in our reality instantly. So some might consider that manifesting, but I actually considered, considered a stage of unfolding because it's not something I have to pursue and and effort after it's something that's coming to me because i've attracted it which is really founded on the, the true laws of attraction which have an inverse property and the outverse property which is what's popularized mm -hmm. the inverse being what we fear we attract and the outverse being what we pursue we attract 
But the concept is, is simple and it's simply uh, aligning with source, asking for that best for all, and then healing the things that we've humanized, <laughs> the patterns, the beliefs, the wounds that are in the way of our most optimal expression, self and experience. Before we came together today, I got quiet and pulled goddess card as I always do. And Artemis guardian <laughs> showed up from the goddess guidance oracle and the message is that you and your loved ones are safe and spiritually protected i'd love for you to speak about how that resonates for you today well i have goosebumps which i call truth bumps um which made me chuckle of course you could hear me giggling in the background just because i think of what i'm talking about today this prayer has been life-changingly protective for me. It has allowed me to speak my truth with candor, with authenticity, and to be received as opposed to judged or criticizes, criticized or ostracized, etc. And there is such a healing in being heard and being seen and being witnessed and being felt. And that feels to me what the card is signifying is, A, shoot your shot and go after what you're called to do with that arrow with Artemis, right? And, mm -hmm. and being the divine protector is saying, go after what your heart is calling you to do because you are safe in that. And with all the things we talked about earlier in this conversation, Acutius being a major theme of what we're seeing, and even Sagittarius is considered with the bow and arrow, right? So right, of course, there's right. a synchronicity there <laughs> any way you look at it. So. Yeah, just a little. Just a little wink, wink. And so I think my my message here today with that is if there is anything you take away from our conversation, it is that boiled down prayer of nothing and no one comes unto me except through God. Source, universe, call it what you will. But that alone is going to be a protection mechanism that's going to help you truly activate and align with your purpose into a greater way than you're already doing it. And uh, mm. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that synchronicity and that beautiful, poignant truth. I am too. Before we close today, Chloe, what else does your soul want us to know? Mm. That you are loved, that you are cared for, that all that you need will be provided, and that the truth will set you free. Thank you so much for making time to share your brilliance, to share your light with us on The Sacred Life. Thank you so much, Sam. It's been remarkable and such a gift, as you are to all your listeners. Thank you. You can learn more about Chloe Anderson and her offerings at quantumchloe.com.